and not getting closer to the Lord, then you're going to start responding to your outside with frustration and anger and all of these other things. And Satan, the moment you do that, you're stepping into Satan's territory. Guarantee you will lose. And so I think it's important that I don't know how your week have been, but as we um, consider our word for this morning, um, it's my desire that we begin to think about who we are, where we are, and why we are here today. Why not back in Abraham's time? Why today? Why are we going through certain things today? There's a reason why. And it's not to make you happy. <laughs> uh, now, if you stay close to them, you will be happy but, uh, and have peace. But it's, the whole idea is not to make you happy. But it's for his holiness. Now, once, that, once we establish that, then you, you will be able to put the, 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 uh, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, all the spokes in our lives, all the challenges in our lives, we're able to tie it right in. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for the saints of God. And thank you for um, our time together. Thank you for, Lord, helping me to just kind of think through some things and regardless of the amount of time might be much shorter, whatever the case may be, but I pray that the things that I said, that, Lord, it will begin to resonate, to really vibrate in, the, in our thinking and in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to understand that it's not about us. It's about you who love us. And what it means to, um, to be in Christ. And so, Lord, help us to see everything in its proper perspective. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Well, um, this, this morning, of course, I have this up about the kingdom of God. Um, you ever heard, ever heard the statement, you so heavenly minded, you're not even earth, no earthly good. <laughs> See. But some of us are so earthly minded that we're not any heavenly good. God, God can't talk to us. We're so busy. And God is saying, don't you know you're just passing through here? And so... Um, Every now and then I want to throw in some thoughts to kind of challenge us in our thinking uh, in this area. Let me put this, get this going. Okay. As we uh, look at this uh, passage of scriptures, Galatians 2.20. Living beyond the moment. Living but See, I, at one time I preached a message. I looked back and it was living in the moment. It's another thing to live. And I did a four-part uh, uh, series in that, living in the moment. But uh, then there's living beyond the moment. The survivors, the people who are successful, are individuals who are able to live beyond the moment. And so we want to at least get us to think along that line. And hopefully the Lord will speak to your heart as I share with you this morning. So... Um, Again, you're going to see this. You're brainwashing us. Yes. You're one of a kind. 
when you go through this week, whatever happens to you, what, whatever's going to take place, understand, don't forget, you're one of a kind. There'll never be another you. So be the best you in Christ. Put your A game on as you walk for the Lord every day. For all that he has done, is doing, and will be doing for us, we need to bring our A game on. How do you wake up in the morning? What are your attitude toward today? Are you stressed out about what, what you have to do and what's going to happen and all these other things? And God wants to stretch us so that we'll live beyond the moment. So, um, so Galatians 2.20. Let's read it together. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. How many of you know the song? Uh, how many have heard that song? You haven't heard that song? Oh boy, I guess, well, in one of my circles, you know, we, we were singing, singing the song, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And it says, yet not I, yet not I. And let me say, you know, I want to challenge you. You know, if you want to, this, this is a good version. Memorize, put, put a little song behind it, and all of a sudden you can't get it out of your head. I'm crucified with Christ. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to sing it. But the bottom line, to live it. To live it. So, defining the term. The moment is an immediate and temporary time frame, a season that opens the window of our life experiences in the moment. And, and a lot of you can explain some of the moments that you've been, terrifying moments, moments where you laughed and hard, laughed so hard you can hardly uh, get over it, sad moments, angry moments. All of us have had and is having our moments. And it's designed that you have your moments. The problem is we stay in our moments and don't move on. And if you stay in your moments, it's going to pull you down. It is not your cocoon. It's not your, 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 um, your boat, car, or means of transportation to get you somewhere. Your moment is that time that God is doing some character building in and through our lives. It will cause us to look back at the blessings and character builders of the past. So the first thing it does cause us to do what? Living in the moment, we'll look back. In the moment, say, boy, I, I wish yesterday was... Uh, that today was better than uh, yesterday, but boy, yesterday was really something. You look back at what happened yesterday. You look back. Then the next thing that happened is it makes us do what? Look intently at the immediate and unavoidable situation. Sometimes you're in your moment, and Joseph will tell you, they threw me in the pit. My brothers hated me. I was in the pit, and I cried out to them, and they were by the, the fire eating while I was crying out to them. 
I had my moments of being tempted. I had my moments of being in the, and in, in also the, in prison. For two years, I, I, I resided in this area, and it's in my moments, in my moments. Then there's something else. It would cause us to look forward to tomorrow with expectations and speculations and what will eventually take place. Some of us are stressed out about tomorrow and you haven't quite lived today. And that's why, no, that's why the Lord tried to calm us and say, take no thought of tomorrow. You see? For it, it, will, it, will, for it will take care of itself. Sufficient today. It's, it's in the moment. In the moments where there's a realization in a moment where you begin to realize I'm serving a living God. I was sitting with a pastor and he, uh, I know he had me in tears, but he, he, had a, he went on a sabbatical and on that sabbatical, he said, for the first time he said, he went on a month's sabbatical. Uh, that didn't mean that he was, uh, he was away from the church activity, but uh, he was still at home and doing other things, but the main thing was being with God. And he spent a week away at a place, and, and he was saying in that moment, he said, everything shut down, it was just me and God. Let me fast forward, I, I won't go into all the details, but he said it was so impactful that he said the first Sunday that I was back, he said in the midst of my, my, my preaching, all of a sudden, I came, God's presence really overtook me, and I fell on my knees as I talked to the congregation, and I cried out to God. He says, but he said, by the time I finished, he said, the whole congregation came down for prayer. He says, afterwards, one of the deacons said, whatever you got, keep it, keep it going. In the moment. But you see, that happened yesterday. And now he had to live beyond the moments. When, when, when Satan say, oh, you had your moments. You think it's something. Well, watch what's going to happen today. Boom. And so we have to be very careful in that area. In, in our introduction then, success is very demanding. It will take you through various stages in your everyday life with various levels of stressors, touching every emotion that you think you have. And I deliberately wrote that, that you think you have. Oh, I won't be afraid. This won't phase me. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you wiped out. There are some, some uh, emotions that you've been handling and dealing with, but then there are some emotions that are real stretchers and God said I'm going to I'm going to pull you to that point consider the various phases in our life Ecclesiastes 3 1 to everything there's a season time for every purpose under the heaven Ecclesiastes 2 a time to be born a time to die a time to plant a time to uh, uh, pluck up. A time to kill, not deliberately, maliciously, but a time to kill, a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, 
and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So there's a time for everything. One day you're laughing so that your, your, your ribs are hurting and you can't get out another laugh, but you're still laughing. Have you ever had any of those moments? You just had one of those crazy laughs. I was at one of my uh, sons, uh, when he was uh, in, the, in college, he was, he was doing a play. And what my son was doing was, it was so funny to me. I mean, I, I, the other folks were looking like, it is not that funny. But to me, I mean, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. Have you ever, you, you, you know those. See, it's been covered by all this other mess. And laughter is therapeutic and we are not able to do that because we let this other stuff pull us down. But if you just took a moment just to look back over all the times that you laughed. Then there's a time to mourn, and I, I, I look at that, and I'm still mourning my, my brother's death. One of the reasons is I know I'll never see him again. See, Donald, you're judging. No. His, his, in his last hours, he made sure that we did not bring him with this Christianity thing. He said, I have my mind made up. I mourn I'll never see him again. Sometimes we mourn that we're not as close to God as we should be. I don't, I don't know where you were. I don't know what your moments were when you walked through the door. But don't get stuck in it. You know, folks can get on your last nerve. They keep talking about the good old days, the good old days, the good old days. They say, here comes this person they're going to talk about. We, we, we don't say old, those vintage days. Still mean the same thing. Talk about the good old days, the good old days, the family just, you just start, you start avoiding the person because they won't get past yesterday. And you have today to live, some decisions today to live. And then after you have done it in this moment, then you have to live beyond the moment. That's where the planning and things come in. If we focus on the setbacks in our lives, it will, in, uh, will uh, enable the negative flow of influences to eventually shut us down. Thinking it through. Consider James' description of the process. Count it all joy. Everything that happened to you, let's take a little label and count it all joy. If you don't know how to do that, the Lord, I don't know how to count it all joy. The Lord said, you could, I think the Lord is gracious enough to say, let me show you how you count it all joy. When they beat me and, and they spat on me, and uh, I count it all joy. Because I knew that once I get to the cross and once I die and shed my blood for them, they will no longer be under the judgment again of God. They will have a new relationship with God. And although it's painful for me today, I count it all joy. Paul's description of the process. But we also glory in tribulations. Because what happens is it stirs up the hope. 
We glory in the things that go, go bad. Not talk about it or complain about it. Get your glory, go into your bag, your survival bag, and get that glory, glory in it. We, we look at Paul and he said, I went for the Lord three times. I said, Lord, if you just remove this from me. And then, then God spoke back to me. My grace is sufficient for you. My who controls the universe and myriads of angels are saying holy. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace that when you were on your way to the lake of fire before the foundations of the world, I wrote your name to say you're not going there. And I died for you. My grace that only saves you and sustains you. My grace is sufficient to you, for you. Sometimes we get stuck in the moment. We, guess what? When we get stuck in the moment, we affect, we affect everyone who loves us. If you're in a negative mood, guess what? Everybody else is not exactly smiling around you, are they? But when you're in a cheerful mood and, and you're trusting the Lord, and folks just want to be around you so they can get encouraged. So I want to encourage you, clean up your moments. <laughs> you got all your tools, clean it up. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Clean up your moments. You have the power. Only believers can do that. Only believers. Question, what does it take to live beyond the moment? Glad you asked. Let's walk through it. Observation. Won't be that long, folks. Notice the four things that Paul emphasized in the verse, Galatians 2.20. He mentioned four things. The first thing he said was, was this. It deals with the who. The who? The who. And it says, I've been crucified with Christ. Christ was crucified. And he says, now I identify and I have been crucified with Christ. It's, it's important. If you're going to live beyond the moment, you have to know who you are and what you, see, remember what it says that, that you are no higher than your master. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. If they hate the things you say and do, they'll hate you. Because this is not your home. Put it in another perspective. When, when uh, the pilgrims came over to America, um, the pilgrims had their own idea and their, their way of saying and thinking. But when the Native Americans uh, heard them, the, the Native Americans didn't understand their customs and everything else. And sometimes, many times, they rejected it. Said, because you are a foreigner. And you would come over here and tell us what we do? We like our clothes. We're not going to change it. We like our clothes. We like our music. The same way as believers. We're just pilgrims passing through, and they don't understand our language. We love such, such, such music, and we love this, and we love that. And they're saying, oh, man, that's shutting me down. I don't like it or you. And you say within yourself, reinforcing, I am crucified with Christ. 
We must maintain our position in our thoughts, words, and deeds, regardless of rejection, ridicule, resentment, resistance. I'm crucified with Christ. See, it's one thing to make a statement, and then it's another thing to live through the process of that. I'm crucified with Christ. There are certain things that people expect you to do, and they find you not doing it. Here, the, the, the church where the young man sat through the, uh, through the service and then shot up all those folks deliberately, and guess what? The church turned around and said, we forgive you. Now, you know the news media, you know that shock, that's a shocker to them. How can you forgive? And the Lord says, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Listen to what's happening. What is a person, what is that person doing to you that will require forgiveness? And sometimes it's painful. But if you've been crucified with Christ, you start taking on, you begin to identify with all the things. The who? I begin to identify with all the things that he had to do and that he did. And the more Christ-like we become, the more power we get to live every day. See, some of us are trying to live, I'm a, uh, I'm a believer, and, uh, and, and that's for the automatic victory. No. Victory is when I say I am crucified with Christ. When I wake up in the morning, I am crucified with Christ. And this whole idea is that I am identifying with who he is. And the moment we start, when we take that position, when we stand by his side, expect rejection, ridicule, resentment, and resistance. But guess what? You also will get a reward. Blessed are you when men persecute you. There's a reward behind identifying with Christ. So Paul says, he said, I'm starting myself. If you're going to live beyond, if you're going to live beyond the moment, you have to recognize who you are. And if you don't recognize who you are, you're not going to make it. You're going to start complaining and telling others about it and draw them into your negativism. Stop it. Stop it. The what? You know, so it says, read, let's read together. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. See, I'm crucified with Christ, which means that there is a transition that takes place. Um, you've heard me use the word paradigm shift. The paradigm shift, the rule of the paradigm shift is that whenever there is a paradigm, this word paradigm means pattern, whenever there is a pattern shift, everything must go to zero. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? Nuclear. Old things are? Behold. What becomes new? The paradigm shift. And so the whole idea is this. It says, it's no longer I who live conjunction with a function, but Christ lives in me. It's no longer you or I living, it's Christ living in you. 
what does, I would stop asking the question, what does that look like? How should I be acting? How should I be thinking? How should I be, if Christ is living through me, then in me, then now as I begin to see people, I see it through Christ's eyes. I told you many a time, please forgive me for repeating it because I'll repeat it over and over again. And that is when I was in the service, I ran across a, a sign. I was the only black in, the na in that particular uh, cabin. And, um, uh, and I mean, they did some unique things. But um, one time, like Popeye said, this is all I can stand. I can stand no more. And I said, meet me in the latrine or bathroom. Meet me in the bathroom. On my way there, I saw this sign. People who cause trouble are usually in trouble. It changed my mind. It changed my response. I didn't go in there. I went back to my bunk to get my act together. Because you see, all that time they've been watching me read my Bible. And now I'm going to show this guy, I'm, this is all I can stand, and I can stand no more. And that sign, it wasn't biblical. It just simply said a person who caused trouble is in trouble. Then it stopped me long enough where the Lord was able to say to me, now, since he's in trouble, how are you going to help him? And he laid on my heart, be a servant for him. He couldn't even, his, his button came off his uniform. He was panicked about it. And I, I said, let me sew it on for you. At the end of my time there, we were getting into our various vehicles to go different directions. He took time out to come up to my window. I wrote it down and he, and he said, I just want to thank you. Thank you for all the things you did in my life. Thank you. It would have never happened if I stepped beyond the moment. Are oh, you hear me? When you get even, you just only put it on hold with your bitterness, and you don't have, here's the word, closure. When you live beyond the moment, you're able to bring closure. When, I, when it says uh, no longer uh, live, but he lives in me, that brings control. Commitment, clarity of purpose, compliance, obedience to the will of God, compassion for the lost, control of every negative influence that will try to hinder us, completing every task that has been assigned to us. Now, I no longer live to myself, but I live in Christ. So here's some of the things I find myself doing. I take control of my temper. No one ever makes you angry. Are you hearing me? There's a book called Anger is a Choice. We choose to be angry. One brother uh, called me uh, this week and, um, and he was talking about the fact of um, uh, our relationship. And he was saying, I just want to let you know that I'm not angry about anything. I said, listen, I said, listen carefully. I said, brother, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing that you have done to offend me. Therefore, I have no grounds to be angry with you. No. 
and made very clear about the whole idea, I'm praying for you, you pray for me. <laughs> I'm not looking back. It'll keep me from going forward. You can't look back and go forward at the same time. Okay. So that comp compliance, compassion for the loss, control of every negative influence, uh, a competing, a completing every task. Jesus Christ went through all of that. All of that. Tempted by Satan. Why don't you just throw yourself down? <laughs> and angels will pick you up. Jesus went through all of that, the Pharisees, and uh, even signifying when at least we know who our father is. Boy, you know, some folks would have gotten up, oh, oh, no, you didn't go there, you know. He would have gotten up, but no, Jesus stayed focused. When you're crucified with Christ, one thing he's going to teach you is, if you're going to get from this end to the other, you're going to have bumps, but you have to stay focused. I remember when Pete was talking about his running and uh, doing one of the marathons and all of a sudden he just became focused on this particular thing and that being focused keeps you going. Does not mean you're not tired, does not mean you're not hurting, but you, when you stay focused, it gets closer to where you uh, intended. It's so important. The what is no longer I, the how. And the life which I now live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God. What I live now is by faith in the Son of God. Not in what God will do for me. What God has done for me. By faith in the Son of God. Because without faith it is impossible to please God. He said the life that I now live. Is living in the way that I please God. Are you pleasing God? They said well, yeah I go to church. No, 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 no. That doesn't please God. Because when you do go to church you fall asleep. So please don't say you go to church. What are you doing. That's pleasing. And honoring to God. And I want to challenge you. To take out that list. And do a personal evaluation in that area the practice living in a physical world with a spiritual perspective to understand that I'm living in a physical world but this world is not my home all these things are happening when I hear about the things that's happening and you know what the news media does they they make money off of the negative negatives they do not spend a whole lot of time on good news. Every now and then they throw a little in, throw a little, little bit in, but as a whole, they major in the negative. I was talking to an executive one time, at that time I, was, I wasn't developed as I should have been, and I said, boy, the news is always negative, and his retort was, that's how they make money. And I said, yeah, I guess that's right. End of that conversation, let me go, I learned from that. They're in it for the money. And so when we think about that, then uh, we live in a world that you hear all of this negativism. A person was stabbed in London. All, they would go all the way to London to see who got stabbed. And, and they have the person, are you there? Yes. And, and what do you see? What went on? What would lead on? What the person created? And people just sitting there just taking in all of the negatism. And God says, you mean you'll you listen for 
five, 10, 15 minutes, you'll listen for even an hour and not spend a minute in the word. You're listening to what's happening than what I am doing in your life. You mean that you are caught up in your moment? Don't you think there's a time that you need to just kind of shut it off and step beyond that? So he says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith spiritually in the Son of God. See the two entities there? I can't get past the fast flesh thing, but I'm a trichotomy being. And another part of me that I can have faith in God. He saved me that I can trust him in every situation. A lot of you right now might not have that testimony. That's, that's okay. Keep living. Keep living. All I want you to do is to understand something. The more you trust him, you'll have the peace and you'll have the stability, the creativity, the joy. And in those trying moments, you're able to sing your song in the dark because of the, what the Lord can do in and through your life. But you had to be crucified with Christ. See? The pattern of faith, trusting God's will and not my own. That's the pattern. Here you see the practice, living. The pattern, by faith. The position, in the Son of God. It didn't say for the Son of God. It didn't say with the Son of God. It says in the Son of God. Make sure you underline that. By faith in the Son of God. The why. We come now to, we're moving pretty much to the end of it. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Two things that I mentioned in this text. Here's the first one. What did he do? He loved me. That's personal. Don't ever accuse God of not caring for you. God loves you. Remember the, the, uh, in the, the nursery and everything else, they would say, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And let the ones who live below, they are weak. But he is strong. And then they had to wrap it up with, yes, <laughs> Jesus loved me. As you, as you go through, uh, you have gone through the course of this, this whole week. Did you still step out of it saying, yes, Jesus loved me. I don't have all of my answers. I still have some things I'm going through. But it does not affect my relationship. Yes. Jesus loves me. Well, why is that so important? That's why the next one comes up. He gave himself for me. Now, that's sacrificial. The first one was personal. The other is sacrificial. You heard the rap of the guy, you know, hey, baby, if you love me, you know, uh, then you should show that you love me. Yeah, right. If you love me, you'll leave right now before I call the police on you. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? 
The whole idea is this, is that he gave himself. Here is, you're talking about a demonstration of love? Go back over it. Go back over the scriptures. Oh, there's some things we heard and we read, but to really imbibe that, really have that into our spirit that he loved us. How? He gave himself. I cannot, and I said begin, and this is redundant. I cannot imagine the wrath of God. I, I cannot. All I know is that it is so awesome that God has put it into eternity that it will never be reversed. The wrath of God, there is no mercy, no pity, no looking back. It's perfect. No one escapes. No one is, is, is gets comfortable. It's forever the wrath of God. And, and that's with anyone who sins. And guess what? Adam sins, so it's all in our blood. It's in our DNA, spiritual DNA. So Jesus Christ comes along and says, Father, what you're going to lay on them, I'll take it all in. And what was prepared for the devil and his angels and never intended for man. Isaiah said that God impelled him to the cross impelled him, nailed him to the cross and laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that loving God, that wonderful God, that powerful God, that powerful God, then at that time when he laid on him the iniquity of us, of us all, whatever what was going to happen for us through all eternity, Jesus Christ took it all in for the whole world and even those who are yet to be born. And get this, while he's taking all that in, he's still alive. And when he takes it all in, when he takes the magnitude, and only God can do that, take the magnitude of, his, 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 uh, of that judgment, he says, it's finished. He says, it's done. You don't have to, there's therefore now no condemnation. You don't have to go to court. I've been there. I've taken care of it. It's finished. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me ask a question. What can you give back in turn? Whatever it is, it has to be spiritual. Remember? Spirit beings living in the physical world. Whatever... In order for a person to forgive, they have to pay for that offense. If I say, I forgive you, that means I take, I take on all that you did for me. I'll take it on, and you never have to worry about that again. And there's no one that could have done that but Jesus. No wonder he's ridiculed. No wonder he's rejected. No wonder people get an attitude. But, it doesn't start, but God is not willing that any man should perish. And so when Paul said that, 
I think it's important for us to just get, keep that in mind. And one last thing. Living beyond the moment will greatly depend on whether or not we are living in the moment with Jesus Christ. With Christ. Living beyond weighs heavily on whether we're living in. Are you living in Christ? I didn't say living for Christ, therefore you have all these projects and all these other things. Remember what Jesus Christ said? There's a time of judgment when you say, Lord, didn't I do this for you and didn't I do this? And Jesus said, I never knew you. You, th you did things for me, but you were never in me. So being in Christ, then whatever you do, God blesses. People are in impacted. God is glorified. So being in Christ is so important. Living beyond the moment. So today we reveal who you are in secret. May it reflect a heart commit, committed to the will of God. That's my prayer for you this morning. Living beyond the moment. I don't, I don't know what this day will be. There'll be time when you'll laugh, enjoy it. A time you'll be frustrated, endure it. A time when you're whipped, sleep. But understand, don't stay there. God is moving us to something. Don't get stuck with what happened in the past and why people won't change and all. Don't get stuck with yeah. their problems, yeah. with their burdens. Yeah. And decide, I decide, I am deciding to live beyond the moment. That's your choice. I can't choose it for you. Only you can do that. And as we close. I would like to pray for you. If you feel that you've been living back there and struggling up here and you need to step forward, there's something with more substance to it, living beyond where you are right now, I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you. Will you stand? I would like you to stand and I would like to pray for you right now. God spoke to some of you all's heart. And um, it did not mean that he'll speak to everybody. It didn't mean that everybody was going to stand. The, the word is Rima, where God takes you into a little room and just him, you, just you and him. And while it's you and him, he speaks to you. And he says, I want you to live beyond the moment. It's a stressor. Keep living, keep breathing. Is a heartache? Keep breathing. Is it painful? Keep breathing. And as you are doing that, just think of his goodness to you. And as we uh, go in prayer, if there's any others, just, just stand. I'll, I'll pray uh, for you as we close out. You see, because it's not for you, it's to the glory of God. Father God, how we thank you for the saints of God and thank you for our time together. And Lord, I just pray right now that you will um, be, with, be with the saints of God as we close this service out. Thank you for your word and the fact that we need to live beyond the moment. And therefore, we must have a slogan. So, so Paul gave us one. 
I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, Lord. Forgive us at times when we drag our feet in this area. Thank you for your steadfast love that never changes. Thank you that you have already marked out getting us home, giving us the will to do your good pleasure. Thank you for the dear hearts, Lord, that say, here's where I'm at. Strengthen them, Lord. Get them focused. Help them to make good decisions as they walk with you every day. Pray for every one of the saints of God here under the sound of my voice. And if there be one who do not know Christ as Savior, may this be the turning point in their life as they admit that they're a sinner, they can't save themselves, Christ died for their sins, and that they ask that you forgive them of their sins. I know that you're able to do just that, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.